Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us here on the BetUS MBA show. As always, we have our expert handicappers with us here today, Chris Farley and Josh C. I'm Kate Constable. We witnessed a little bit of history yesterday, gentlemen. The Detroit Pistons beat the Milwaukee Bucks as a 17-point underdog. Pistons were plus 1,100 on the money line. That's the biggest upset of the season so far. Josh, what did you make of that game? That was crazy. I didn't catch any of the game. I just saw the result. Um, I was actually hoping that the markets, when they opened for bigger limits, were still at around 15 for Milwaukee so that I could jump on at that point. Um, <laughs> luckily, it had moved to sort of 16, 16 and a half, and I could stay away. Uh, otherwise, that would have been quite the memorable loss, to say the least. But yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to read too much into it. Let's just call it one of those nights, I think, for both the teams. Chris, you came through with our only winner of the night last night. It wasn't a great day for us here on the show, but you went one and one. Grizzlies plus six over the Nets. They ended up winning outright. Yeah, the Grizzlies do it again. They they are a great ATS team, great underdog ATS team. And but I, I gotta say, I didn't expect the Nets to show up that lifeless. You know, Durant saying after the game how they just had the the wrong attitude entering it. I wish I could talk more about the Nets in the show today because I just I just think they're a three-ring circus. You know, they, they 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 got the big three there, but I just don't see them as championship material, and they prove it in games like that. That's a, that was an excellent spot for them. So, uh, but I'm but I'm more upset about the Hawks. What happened there against against the 19 percent? Would you say 16 percent covering at home? Bring it yeah, the Trailblazers team. All of a sudden, I think the Blazers stayed ahead of them the entire game. I kept saying the Hawks are going to come back. The Hawks are going to come back, and they yeah. just stayed ahead, even though even though Trey Young had an amazing game. So, one of those weird nights in the NBA. I don't really know what else to say about it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, Trey Young had 56 points last night, season best. So I hate to admit this, but I went to bed before the game even ended. It was an early game. I had an early bedtime last night. But I woke up and saw the headline, Trey Young had 56 points. And I'm like, oh, fantastic, our bet hit. No, not the case. So Raptors, or Blazers, rather, cover at home. Hawks lose that one. Chris, you and I lost that one as well. But today's a new day, as we always say. We would love it if you would send us a chat in the comment box. Let us know if you have any questions for this show. We'll answer, answer it at the end of the show. And we'd also love to know who you're betting on. Let us know if you're on our side, going against us, um, which teams you like today. We would love to know. Let's get into it today with our overall record. Despite a couple losing nights, things are still looking good for us. Can't complain too much. I'm sitting at 50, 46, and 1. Chris, 53, 38, and 1. Josh, 37, 37. Let's keep it rolling today, gentlemen. San Antonio Spurs kick things off for us in Toronto, taking on the Raptors, who are a six and a half point favorite at home. It's total sitting at 224. The Raptors have covered in seven of their last eight games, and they're 8 and 1 against the spread in their last nine home games. So, Chris, they're surging at home right now. Do you like them to cover again tonight? I do, I do, and we've seen this from the Raptors a few times this times this year. A very streaky team, right? When they lose, they tend to lose a lot, a lot of games in a row. When they win, they tend to win a lot of games in a row. Uh, and one thing that's standing out to me about this game is that Ananobi and Siakam now are both in the game, right? And they both have been in playing together now for two straight games, and that's something that I've been wondering how that's going to look, right? How's the continuity and the chemistry going to be? Looks like it's going pretty well. I mean, in two games with those two, they scored 85 points. 
so it looks like they both, I was just a little concerned that they might not know their place on the floor, you know, might get in their way, et cetera. Uh, Ananobi kind of getting used to for a while there being the premier uh, scorer on that team. But here comes Pascal Siakam doing his thing, you know, killing it on the rebound game too. Uh, I mean, he's been averaging a ton of rebounds every game. He's a shark at the rim. I, I'm going to go off on a limb here with this Toronto, Toronto Raptors team, but I think this is one of the, I think they're a really underrated team when they're all healthy. Uh, and Freddie Van Fleet has been playing exceptional basketball as well. I think when they're just, when they're healthy and they're all out there, they are well coached, they're good on defense, and they, you know, surprisingly, they are really good on the fast break too. They're the number one fast break offense in the NBA, and they're really good also on defense on that end of the floor. Spur is very gifted on the fast break as well, but they don't defend it quite as well as the Raptors do, and they are without DeJounte Murray tonight, which is a big loss, obviously, their primary scorer. So I think this is just a good spot for Toronto, not as much for San Antonio. Uh, the line is going up a little too much for my liking, but I still like it at 6.5. I had this at 7.5 with the circumstances and the injuries to, you know, it's not just Murray. Uh, the, the Spurs are without five to six players in this game, I believe. So, the, you know, there's still some injuries on the Toronto side too, but the players that matter are there. Uh, so much like last night on the Hawks, it's kind of what I said about the Hawks last night, and that didn't go well. Hopefully it goes better tonight for the Raptors. DeJounte Murray's out, Doug McDermott, Lonnie Walker, uh, Katie Bates Diop is questionable, I believe, tonight. So quite a few players for the Spurs, which makes this a good spot for the Raptors. I'm going to take the over in this one. Toronto's hit the over in their last seven games. Their offense has really picked up as of late. They're averaging 116.6 points per game over their last seven games. And they have five Raptors players that are averaging over 15 points. So if this offense can continue playing like they have these last couple games, I like this number to stay over. The Spurs are also 11th in offensive rating, so they're not terrible on their end. Chris, you mentioned they really like to play fast. So 224 is a fairly high number compared to what we've seen, but I like this number to go over that tonight. Josh, looks like we lost Chris there. That or he's just very happy smiling at us. <laughs> but no official picks for you on this game tonight. But do you agree with where Chris and I are at? Uh, yeah, look, I, I do lean towards the over. I was hoping we would get a better number, maybe somewhere about 220, even 221, in which case I would have absolutely joined you at that point. Um, I think you know both these teams are basically just going to try and push the tempo wherever they can. Um, back to the fact as well that Toronto, no fans in the arena again. Uh, one thing we saw last season, you know, those empty arenas, they help shooters a lot. And, you know, I don't think it was coincidental that we saw so many ridiculous totals being hit last season that are not even sort of in the realms of possibility now that some sort of normality is resumed in the league. So I would uh, certainly look at Toronto overs basically for this next month while that arena is empty wherever possible. This one, like I said, just a couple of points, probably too high from where I would want to get involved, but it's the absolute only way I could play it. Uh, my number on the game in terms of the line does come out closer to a five, five and a half, but I'm very uh, wary of the fact that I'm probably underrating Toronto at the moment just because we haven't seen enough of them fully healthy to be able to get an accurate, I think, number or, or a fair price on them just yet. Uh, I do agree with Chris. I'm pretty bullish on them. I think that they are actually a very good team when all pieces are available. Probably the second best team in their division as well behind Brooklyn, I'd say. Um, I had a Philadelphia ahead of Boston as long as they do stay healthy. So they're certainly a team that you want to try and buy on, I think, going forward. Um, unfortunately, I won't be doing it tonight just because my number's not quite there. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if they go and win this by double digits and this is an absolute shootout. So I would agree probably with both leans. I just can't quite get there at the current market prices for either one. I did really like the opening number at 222. That was a fantastic number, but it's ticked yeah. up a little bit. I'm still going to play the over 224. Chris is taking the side. Raptors minus six and a half. The Grizzlies, they play again tonight. They just beat the Brooklyn Nets last night in Brooklyn. Playing the Cavs tonight in Cleveland. Cavs are a three-point favorite. This total is 215.5. This is a matchup between two of the league's best against the spread teams. The Grizzlies come into this game on a five-game win streak. Mentioned they beat the Nets as a six-and-a-half-point underdog last night. Josh, the Grizzlies are pretty hot right now. But the Cavs are getting Darius Garland back from health and safety protocol. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley have now been back for a couple games. So knowing that, do you like the Cavs to cover tonight? Yeah, obviously Garland, I think, is the, the big factor here uh, in terms of securing yourself some value. So I took the Cleveland Cavaliers minus two and a half just before this show. Um, three is basically where I make it. Um, however, if Garland's in, then you're getting terrific line value. If he's out, then, you know, we're not losing anything. That That's the number I have with him sitting. So, yeah, there's opportunity, I think, for a really good market position here. I like the matchup. I mean, obviously, you get the rest advantage for Cleveland. But I like the fact that, as well, you look at sort of Memphis's style of play, um, a lot of pick and rolls, a lot of attacking that rim, being aggressive and trying to get to the basket. Cavs, the number one defensive team in the NBA when it comes to opponent field goal percentage at the rim. Um, obviously, when you've got that many big bodies there, it, it makes life extremely difficult to navigate. Uh, as good as Ja Morant's been, I just think it, it'll be a tough time for them here. And the Cavs should absolutely shut down production from guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. in particular, which if you do that, you're sort of relying a lot on role players. The Grizzlies got terrific output from their role players off the bench yesterday. I don't think that they're going to have that level of success again here tonight. So Everything sort of sets up really nicely for Cleveland. Um, like I said, I think if we grab this number and Garland does go and play, you're going to secure yourself a really good position. If he doesn't, then this is what I make fair price anyway, so you're not losing anything in my opinion. Um, the Cavs should roll here, I think. Uh, but, you know, I've said that many a time about Memphis sort of dropping games in these tough spots and they keep getting it done. But I think things catch up with them a little bit here. No Dylan Brooks, no DeAnthony Melton in particular, Carl Anderson off the bench. Those things are going to start adding up, I think, in what's going to be a really tough week for them coming up. Especially on a back-to-back -back with very little rest. I like your angle there, Josh. Chris, the Grizzlies had the worst offensive rating uh, a month into the season. But in the last 10 games, they rank fourth in that category. The Cavs are third in defensive rating on the season. Does this total stay under 115 and a half? Yeah, it kind of makes you want to take the under there, doesn't it? I mean, I do think this is going to be a very clo closely fought game, and especially at the rim. At the rim. Uh, I mean, Josh already made all the, all the points I would have said, right? I mean, the Grizzlies, that's where they get their success. Best team in the NBA at getting to the rim, at getting those high percentage shots. But... One of the best teams in the NBA on both sides of the floor in that category is the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they are fully healthy now. I guess one angle you can have on this one is that Darius Garland coming back, right? We see some of the more prominent players coming back to teams, and sometimes there's a little bit of a lack of chemistry there. You know, maybe that's what happened with Lonzo Ball a little last night, too. I don't know, um, with the Bulls. But um, and this is also – this one's tough because these are two teams that I really love, right, just from, like, a personal standpoint. These are, these are blue-collar teams. They give it all. They're all every single night. Uh, they're covering teams. They're, they're, these are great ATS teams. So it's just hard to take a side, but I absolutely think that Josh is on the right side 
especially with the back-to-back. I mean, Memphis has been doing it over and over and over again. It's five games in a row. Eventually, they're human beings, right? They kind of has to come come to an end, and it usually does come to an end against another premier NBA team. So just a tough spot for them. Uh, definitely lean the Cavs. I, I also lean the undercat. I think that's a good look. Uh, I just don't have any plays on this one because you can't help but be a little scared of playing against the Grizzlies and that covering rate as underdogs and that covering rate on the road. I mean, they are really good at what they do, and let's hope I don't freeze after I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are very good at what they do, which is why I was a little scared to play this one too because the Cavs are a covering machine, 9-1-1 one, and one against the spread in their last 11 home games. But then you have the Grizzlies that surprise everyone every night and, and end up covering as underdogs. But, Josh, I'm with you here. I also like the Cavs. I don't have an official play here, but you're on the right side with the Cavs minus three in Cleveland tonight. The Sacramento Kings are in L.A. tonight, facing off against the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers are a seven-and-a-half point favorite, six-and-a-half, rather. Total sitting at 231. Both of these teams are 3-1 and one in their last four games, and they're coming off of wins on Sunday. These teams also both played each other already twice this year. They split the series 1-1 with both teams covering the spread once. Josh, who covers the spread tonight? Well, I have to say Sacramento. I just can't get to the number. I certainly couldn't get to the opening number of seven and a half. Um, I'm coming out at five and a half in this game. Loved the seven and a half, loved the seven. Still like the six and a half as long as you're getting the right price for it. Um, it looks like it's going to probably drop to a six, which doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, like I said, it's a little bit closer to what I make fair price. I don't think the Lakers quite justify laying this many points right now. You know, are we, do we really think they've turned a corner? I don't think so. I think they've just taken advantage of, again, some pretty favorable matchups against teams who suck a little bit more than they do is <laughs> kind of the bottom line, really. So, you know, the, the Kings should have some success offensively. Uh, you know, the Lakers are going to try and push the tempo that's going to suit Sacramento perfectly if we get a game that's going back and forth like that. Um, I, I probably trust the Kings' offense, as weird as that sounds, to be a little bit more consistent in a game like that than what I do the Lakers, who still have it in them to have those scoring droughts, particularly when LeBron goes to the bench. I have uh, little to no faith, basically, in that squad outside of him to be able to do anything against anyone. So, you know, it's always uncomfortable to have to back Sacramento, but I just think the number's wrong. I think, you know, in a division game like this, that that six and a half, like I said, it probably won't last. You're probably going to get something closer to a six. Um, I just, like I said, I'm at five and a half. I, it's basically simply as playing my numbers here. And I just think that the game script itself, which is expected to be sort of like a high scoring, fast paced shootout is something that suits Sacramento to a T. Um, and I'm going to more than happily, I think, ride with them in a game that uh, suits their playing personnel and their style of play. So Kings for me here, just keep fading those Lakers wherever possible in the right spots. Kings do have a lot of strong perimeter players. Darren Fox leading the team 20 points per game. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, seven assists per game. So their perimeter players have been very strong. And with Rashawn Holmes out for Sacramento tonight, those players will be key in tonight's matchup. Chris, we just heard Josh say he thinks this one will be a shootout, fast-paced game. But this total has dropped two points from where it opened at 232. So if you had to make a play on the total, which way do you go? Yeah, I did grab the total uh, over 228. 231 is getting a little higher for me. My number's around 235. And of course, you know, all it takes is a few, you know, turnovers and missed shots at the end of the game, and right, that could totally go the other way. So when it comes that close, maybe just don't play it. But I do, I do lean towards the over even at that number, and I really like it at 228. So if this goes back down for some reason, maybe 
consider taking that. Um, I will say something moderately positive about the Lakers. Uh, and that is, you know, without Anthony Davis in the lineup, I think they have created some better fluidity on offense. You know, they basically don't have a center, right? LeBron has been stepping into that position a little bit, but I think it's just creating new opportunities. Of course, that's a lot of LeBron just, you know, by himself making things happen as well. Uh, but they, they are scoring more points. They're a little more efficient. They, you know, they're top 10 in the NBA right now in points per game. Uh, but this is also a team, right, unlike the Lakers of recent past, they're not very good on defense. They're just not. I mean, they they allow a lot of efficiency from other teams. You can check the stats after almost every game. Russell Westbrook, here I go. I have to pick on him, Russ. I know you watch this show before every game you play. So, uh, you know, when you go on TV and you say that it's not a big deal that you turn the ball over nine times, okay, that's fine. But, uh, you know, that that creates a lot of different things in a game. And one thing that it can create is easy buckets for the other team. You know, this is this is a Lakers team that goes at a fast pace, just like the Kings. I think they're both going to cultivate each other's fast paces. Uh, and I haven't seen any improvement really from the Kings since their coach, you know, had a moment with them and just was really upset. Uh, they won a few games, but I'm not seeing a ton of improvement on, on defense. So I just this game screams over to me. Um, you know, maybe it soars into the 240s and I should take it where it is now. But I just I just don't see any way that both teams don't enable the other team to score a lot of points. All right, well, Josh, taking the Kings tonight in this one, it sounds like we're all in agreement that you're on the right side there. Kings plus six and a half. Questions? We have um, a lot of people asking similar questions on the Suns-Pelicans game tonight. Which side you guys like for the Suns? Um, Deandre Ayton still out. Landry Shamit is out as of today in health and safety protocols. And uh, Jay Crowder still out, but they do get Monty Williams, their head coach, back on the sidelines tonight. Pelicans, they've dropped their last two. Play on either side for uh, Josh, you tonight. Uh, look, I, I come at about minus six, six and a half for the Suns here, um, despite you know them having a rest advantage. I still don't like taking them with DeAndre Ayton out of the lineup, especially when there's still no JaVale McGee either. A lot of Jalen Smith's minutes at the center. I really worry about that matchup against Jonas Valanciunas, who should absolutely have his way on the inside in that game. And if the Pelicans can properly take advantage of that matchup, um, there's no reason why they can't stay inside that number. Again, it is the Pelicans, though. Do I really trust them against one of the you know, most disciplined, well-drilled teams who, like you said, get their head coach back? Uh, the answer is no, which is why I'm firmly staying away from it. Uh, the Monty Williams factor is an interesting one as well. I um, had a couple of discussions with a few people about how do you really account for that when you're sort of betting into lines and markets where a head coach is out? Obviously, there's no real value, yeah, whether they're there or they're not there, but there's an impact to be had. And I think probably in some of the bigger games, in bigger matchups that require a lot of in-game adjustments, I think it showed um, I don't know how much it really impacts in a game against the New Orleans Pelicans in particular. So, yeah, like I said, I, I kind of show a slight edge towards the Pelicans here. I just don't really want to be getting involved with them against a Suns team who is still you know, well-rested and still has enough offensive firepower, at least, to put a lot of pressure on the Pelicans to have to keep pace. And the Suns were a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Charlotte the other night, and they ended up winning that game by double digits, 30-some, I believe. So, Josh, you make very good points and all very valid with the matchups with Valanciunas and Jalen Smith. I'd take Valanciunas all day in that matchup, but you just never know with this Suns team when their offense is going to turn it on and and they're going to start knocking down threes and really run up the score. 
Chris, other questions are on the Knicks game tonight. Knicks versus Pacers. This totals 207, very low for today, but both of these teams have no one in. Not none of their main <laughs> big players. So what do you do? Exactly. And that's why I, I tell you guys, I, I would not I would not touch this game. Uh, I mean, the Knicks and the Pacers are two of the most volatile teams in the NBA. Uh, and then on, now on top of it, right, you got this, this slew of injuries. Everything. Julius Randle's out. Uh, I just don't – no. I, I, there, there probably are better ways to spend your money. Uh, this is just one of those spots, too, where, like, you know, I believe these teams face each other recently. I'm trying to look back here. I'm, not, I'm obviously not very briefed on this game. Uh, but yeah, I, I just you just don't know. I mean, last time out, right, the Knicks lost by 20 points to the Pacers. You would think outright that the that the Knicks are the better team than the Pacers. But again, the Pacers they can they can show up and really put on a show, especially on offense. And if they have the right pieces, you know, Sabonis is in tonight. He he should have he should have plenty of room to work. Um, so maybe a lean to the Pacers, but that's as, that's as far as I can go with these two teams. I just not a lot of trust for me. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty with both of these teams right now. Josh, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I, I want to play Indiana, I think. But um, it's one of those situations where it's not just the personnel that they have out. It's the fact that they're all cluster injuries. And it's not really a term you use in the NBA. I know you use it more in the NFL. But they have no guards left, basically. They have no primary ball handlers left at the moment. And that's the bigger concern. You know, yes, you have Miles Turner still. Yes, you have DeMontis Sabonis still, which is great. And especially if Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson are out, then they have a huge mismatch there. Um, but, you know, what's it really worth when you have no one that can run the offensive sets for you and get the ball to those guys in the positions that they want and need? So, yeah, it's such a tough game and certainly one to stay away from. That total is low for good reason as well. Um, you know, it's difficult to see either side being able to execute offensively the way they they would, you know, anticipate and would like to do. So certainly a stay away. I recommend you know not getting involved in that game in any capacity unless you want to wait till closer to tip off. I did see that Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, still technically questionable, so they might play. And if they do, I would have no problem laying some points with New York if that's the case. Well, two games that I think the consensus here is we're going to stay away for a little while unless these numbers drastically move both on the Suns, Pelicans, and the Pacers and Knicks. Checking out our best bets for today. Short slate for us here. Only five games total tonight. Chris is playing the Raptors, uh, taking the side there. I'm playing the over in that game. And Josh, two plays on the Cavs and the Kings tonight. Well, gentlemen, that is all we have for you today. Chris, glad to have you back with us once again. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I might, I might double down on my Raptors bet tonight and then buy a new laptop. Why not? I mean, I don't know idea what's going on here, guys. So thank you Chris for bearing with me. Chris is the one with no technical issues. It's typically me that has the problem. So, Chris, thank you for taking over in, in that role today. And thank you all for joining us here today. We will see you back here at the same time tomorrow. Have a good night.